Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. I am a registered dietitian, and today I am using my medical background to talk to you about intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting has been around for a very long time, um, but its popularity has increased over the past few years. And initially, when we think about intermittent fasting, it was meant to you know, address certain health conditions. But as with anything, the weight loss community starts to you know, sink their teeth into it. And for many people, they are looking to intermittent fasting as a weight management tool. So today we're gonna go all into it. How do you fast? Who should fast? Who should not fast? Um, what are the side effects that you should be concerned about? Are there any contraindications for fasting? Um, certain medications that you may need to talk to your doctor about um, in terms of adjusting their dosage or timing of when you take them. You know, these are the things that we don't necessarily talk about when you're talking about intermittent fasting with your neighbor. It's just like, oh, I'm fasting you know, to lose weight. You should do it too. Well, maybe, but maybe not. So today I want to give you just a lot of facts about it so you can make your best decision whether or not it's something you want to partake in. So let's talk about fasting first and foremost. What is it? So intermittent fasting is an approach to eating that will minimize or even avoid calories for a specific amount of time. So probably the most uh, familiar one that people are um, are doing is the 16-8 fast, where you will fast for 16 hours, and then you will only eat in an eight-hour window. Now there's also the 14-10, where you fast for 14 hours and eat in a 10-hour window. There's the 12-12, there's the 24, uh, which is, I think, known as the warrior fast. Um, some people refer to it as OMAD, which is one meal a day. Um, some people will eat two meals in that four-hour window and then fast for 20 hours. So you can do this daily, or you can do this within certain defined periods in a week or a month. So there's the alternate fasting day where you eat 25% less calories on alternated days, um, which usually ends up to be about a 500 calorie deficit. And then you're able to eat whatever you want on the other days. So that's in every other day. Um, There's the 5-2, where five days a week you eat whatever you want, and two days a week you reduce your calories. Or there's even the 25-5, 
where 25 days of the month, you eat whatever you want, and five days, you reduce your calories. And there aren't a ton of rules as to when you need to, what days of the week you should reduce your calories, or should they be days in a row, or should you kind of sprinkle them throughout the month? There are literally dozens and dozens of different ways you can do intermittent fasting. I'm going to talk today mostly about the 16-8 because, again, that's the one most people are familiar with. Um, but like I said, there is so many different ways to do it. And honestly, there are so many different bodies out there. So, you know, to say there is only one right way, that doesn't even make sense. You know, there has been some research that shows that women do better on a 1410 than they do a 168. But there are some people that say they feel so much better when they're in a fasted state. So really that comes down to how do you feel? How does fasting make you feel in your body? Do you feel better? Do you not notice a difference? Do you feel worse? Honestly, that's what it comes down to. It really doesn't matter what your neighbor's doing or your coworker's doing or your sister's doing. It really comes down to how does it make your body feel? And some people, especially those with GI issues like IBS or um, just chronic bloating, gassy, diarrhea, constipation, all those GI disorders and disturbances, you know, some of those people do feel better when they're in rest and digest mode, when they're not constantly eating. Some people, that would feel terrible to them. You know, if you're hypoglycemic and your blood sugar is always low, long hours without food would make you feel terrible. So it really has to do with, again, your unique body and what makes you feel good. Now, in terms of fasting, there has been some research. There really is no difference. We call it resting energy expenditure. Um, how many, it, it has to do with how many calories you're burning, but whether you're eating two meals a day or six times a day in your fasting window, there really hasn't been much research, much research to show a big difference in the number of times you eat in your non-fasted window. So just want to throw that out there because there's a lot of information, a lot of diets out there that'll give you a whole bunch of rules. This is one of those cases where there are tons of different ways to do it and you don't have to listen to a bunch of rules. You really don't. And so let's talk a little bit more. So the 16-8, so basically what somebody would do is they would choose an eight-hour window to eat. And then for 16 hours, they will eat nothing else. They can drink water. Some will allow for caffeine, for coffee. Uh, it really depends on what makes you feel good. I will say this. Most people that I know that try fasting or intermittent fasting, their eating window is like 11 to 7 or 12 to 8 or 1 to 9. And a lot of times there are no rules in terms of choosing your time to eat. I will say most people will choose later windows because it's just easier. You know, it's easier to ignore hunger signals 
earlier in the day or get away with just drinking a cup of coffee and then starting to eat later. I don't know if that's necessarily how I would do it if I were to intermittent fast, just knowing that your body is primed and designed to metabolize and absorb calories earlier in the day because that's when you're the most active. In fact, that's when you most need your calories, when you're working, when you're moving around versus later in the day when you're more sedentary. So if somebody would ask my opinion on what time they should do their window, I would tend to say earlier because you want fuel in your body when you're most likely going to use it. You don't necessarily want to dump a whole lot of fuel in your body when you're getting ready to lay down and go to bed for the night. But that is just my opinion. All right. So let's talk a little bit about who intermittent fasting is not for. Again, I'll, let me back up a little bit. I got a little ahead of myself. A lot of some of the, well, I should say, most of the research on intermittent fasting is done for diabetics, autoimmune disease, even weight loss. But intermittent fasting is not for the type 1 diabetic. It is not for somebody with um, unstable or severe cardiocoronary artery disease. It is not for somebody with retinal detachment. It is not for individuals with duodenal ulcers or cancers. Intermittent fasting is also not for those with psych disorders. If you are on the following medications, they may need to be adjusted if you're going to follow intermittent fasting. Those would be the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, antihypertensives like beta blockers and diuretics, any diabetic medications, some contraceptives, anticoagulants, psychotropics like neuroleptics and lithium, or anticonvulsant drugs. So if you are taking any of those medications, you need to talk to your doctor before you start intermittent fasting because you may need to adjust dosage and timing based off of your eating schedule. Again, this isn't something you just want to do because your neighbor said they do it. This is something you want to be informed about because this is your body. And a lot of times we will forfeit long-term consequences for short-term success. I always tell my clients when I talk to them, you know, when, if you come to me for a specific condition, I am here to help you. But I'm also, when I talk to you, I see you 30, 40 years down the road, and I want to make sure that everything we do is going to set you up for health and success in the next 30, 40 years. I am not willing to sacrifice long-term health for short-term gains, and you shouldn't be either. So again, if you have specific medical conditions, or if you're on certain medications, you want to be educated and you want to do the right thing. Uh, intermittent fasting is not for people with eating disorders, for those with uncontrolled hyperthyroidism, for those with dementia, for those with advanced liver or kidney function, or those that are pregnant or lactating. So if you fall into that category, 
I would strongly, strongly, strongly advise you not to try this. Now, if you don't fall into any of those categories, you may want to see how you feel. Literally, I have no problem when people want to try something new to see how it feels in their body. You're coming at it from a point of curiosity, and that's okay. Anytime I try something new, I always learn from it. I either learn it works for me or I learn it doesn't. And from that information, I know how to make my next decision. So if you like or are interested in trying this, okay, but let's just make sure we're doing it the right way. Now, it is important to know that there are some side effects from intermittent fasting. So let's talk about that. Number one, hypoglycemia. This is when your blood sugar goes really, really low and you don't feel well. If you're used to eating often all throughout the day and all of a sudden you withhold food from yourself for hours and hours and hours, your blood sugar is going to get pretty low and you're going to feel pretty crummy. And again, if that doesn't work for you, intermittent fasting is probably not for you. There could also be electrolyte disturbances, so your sodium, your chloride, your calcium, potassium, all those can be thrown off. You might experience headaches or migraines, acute back pain, muscle cramps, fluid retention, impaired vision, and change in sleep. None of these are quite comfortable. None of these are desirable, so if you experience these side effects, you may want to reconsider whether or not this is for you. If you experience any heart arrhythmias, stomach or reflux symptoms, severe electrolyte disturbances, or circulatory depression, you need to immediately discontinue intermittent fasting. Now this is turning into something dangerous and can give you long-term effects. So those are the side effects that we do want to be careful of. I literally feel like I'm a commercial right now for a, a pharmaceutical drug. Intermittent fasting may not be good for those with da 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 da, da. <laughs> Right? But we need to know this stuff. We need to know all these things so we can make sure that we're making the best decision for our bodies. So... Let's talk a little bit. Let's get past the medical stuff and let's just talk about the practical parts of this. Now, I will be honest with you. I tried it before because I like to try all the things that my clients are coming in and talking to me about so I can have firsthand knowledge and experience, um, but also make sure that I'm learning everything I can to best guide them in their decisions. And so I did the 16-8 And I think my window was like 10 to 6 because that worked best for me and my workouts. Um, It was okay. I'll be honest with you. I don't like making harsh rules. Last week in the podcast, we talked all about food rules. And I told you that one of my rules is I don't want to, you know, only allow myself certain times of the day to eat. That feels super restrictive to me. And whenever I feel restricted, I tend to rebel. So I just no longer do that anymore. But probably one of the things you want to ask yourself when you're trying to figure out is, 
if you're experimenting with it and you want to figure out if intermittent fasting is for you, you know, the question is, are you breaking the rules more than you're following them? You know, do you find that it's always inconvenient and you're always making an exception just this once? If you're not following it, then why bother telling yourself you are? Or why bother trying and putting that extra stress on yourself? I am of the mindset, all foods are allowed, all times are allowed, because I want to honor my body. And when my body gives me a signal that it's hungry, I want to be able to fulfill that and not hold back. Again, restriction often leads to resentment, and resentment often leads to rebellion. It's not the way I want to go about my eating. And for most of my clients, it doesn't work for them either. All right. Um, I do want to make a note that people, if you're using intermittent fasting for weight loss, you can still gain weight doing intermittent fasting. Yes, you may decrease the eating window from, you know, from 16 hours to eight hours. But if you are overeating when you are breaking your fast or right before you're about to enter your fast, you still can gain weight. So I want to make sure I just (laughs) make note of that because some people think, oh, this is the answer to everything. I will just, you know, not eat between these certain hours. I'll eat whatever I want in the eight hour window and I will just magically lose weight. And I think the fear of not being able to eat for the next 16 hours drives people to overeat more than what they would have if they were just eating normally throughout the day. And for some individuals, they're so hungry when it comes time to break their fast that they end up overindulging in calories there too. So if you fall into this category, I'm going to question whether or not intermittent fasting is for you. If you find that you're just starving and you're, you know, you're going all out when it comes to eating in your eight hour window or whatever your window is, it may not be for you because of the, the psychological effects of it where you're constantly feeling like I need to make up for not eating earlier I probably would say let's try something different all right so yes you still can gain weight on intermittent fasting ask yourself you know are you breaking the rules more than you're following them are you coming to resent this you know a lot of times I will be honest with you more times than not my clients are overeating at night And so intermittent fasting looks pretty fabulous when it tells them they are no longer allowed to eat after eight or no longer allowed to eat after seven or whatever the fasting window is. And so we think intermittent fasting is a way to control our evening food intake. And, you know, for a lot of us, we are eating over, or I should say we are overeating at night, not because of hunger. We're overeating because we're bored or we're restless or we're exhausted or we're anxious or, you know, it's hard for our bodies to decompress after a long, busy day and we're still coming off of that high. Our cortisol levels are through the roof. But if we're abusing food in the evening for emotional reasons, because we don't know how to take care of ourselves, giving ourselves a hard stop can be helpful 
But honestly, until you address the problem of not being able to sit with the uncomfortable emotion, intermittent fasting is just another dieting approach. And we know that diets don't work long term. So intermittent fasting can help you identify your challenging times, but it's not necessarily going to fully address the underlying root causing issues. And that's a lot of what we try to do in this podcast. I try to give you some of those behavior changes and those mindset shifts because that is ultimately what is going to make the most positive change. All right. So that was a whole lot of information in a very short amount of time. But I hope this information was, you know, helpful Again, I'm not going to say do it, don't do it. That's not for me to say. I just want to make sure that I'm giving you a lot of information, a lot of accurate information, things to think about, things to look for, pay attention to, so that if you decide this is something you do want to try, you are doing it in the healthiest way possible. All right, guys, it is time for your recipe. And so since it's summer and it's hot, I'm going to give you a popsicle recipe. In fact, this is a coconut milk strawberry banana popsicle. And um, this is only four ingredients. Who does not love easy to follow recipes? Me, me, me. All right. This is going to take about 10 minutes to prepare and then plus time to freeze. This will make about 12 popsicles. And so you're going to need one can of coconut milk, one pint of fresh strawberries chopped and divided, one medium banana sliced, and two tablespoons of pure maple syrup. You're going to place your coconut milk, one and a half cups of the strawberries, the banana and syrup in a blender, and go ahead and process that until smooth. And then you're going to divide the remaining strawberries among the 12 molds of your your um your popsicle molds alternatively you can use paper cups with wooden popsicle sticks that works too uh, you're going to pour your pureed mixture into the molds filling them to about three quarters full because you want to leave room for expansion and then put in your holders or put in your popsicle sticks and freeze until firm for at least four hours so that is a tasty treat a healthy treat and something for you to enjoy over the next couple weeks of this hot summer month. All right, guys, that's all I got for you today. If you would like more information about intermittent fasting or more information about nutrition or your diet in terms of medical conditions or, you know, weight management, sports nutrition, I mean, honestly, we are here to help. We have a team of 10 dietitians that are ready and willing and excited to meet you on your journey and help you make the best decisions for you. So if that is something you're interested in, please reach out to us. Go to our website, bodymetricshealth.com. Schedule that appointment. Most insurances cover nutrition visits with a dietitian. So guys, you have nothing to lose. Only everything to gain. We look forward to working with you. And if you find this episode helpful, feel free to share it with a friend or two.
All right. Have an excellent week and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.